So, we are coming direct from the newly christened podcast room slash home office slash darts room at my house because we've gone over to the road at the pub, tried to keep this as authentic as possible uh, with a bit of pub noise in the background and we literally, it's a Wednesday night, we couldn't get a table. How mental is that? But I am joined today by cricketer, close friend of mine, Mason Crane. Mason, hello mate. Sammy, thanks for having me on, mate. Mate, hero. Like, I always, when when I set out for the tap talk, I was like, Mason, one of the top names on the list. There's a few uh, few names on that list, but knew that I needed to get you on. We've got many a story on the beers, and you've got a very good sporting story. So, you play cricket for Hampshire. Mm-hmm. We've just been having a bit of a chat in the pub about the county championship. Hampshire have got to get 270-odd runs tomorrow, did you say? Yep, yep, so hopefully um, by the time everyone hears this. Yeah, because it's going out next week. It's yeah, so hopefully so they've, they've done it and we're well on our... Well on the way to yeah. ha- adding a county championship medal to your repertoire. Well, that'd be nice, yeah. Well, we're, we talk, we're gonna, yeah, I was going to say, we're going to talk about the set later on. Um, but, yeah, so realistically, we've got enough stories to write a book about us and the beers. We could, this could be like just, we could do a podcast, Snakey's Tap Talk. The Mason and Sam Chronicles. There's mm. ridiculous amounts of stories, but you know maybe there'll have to be a part two on <laughs> But so, how's your summer been? It's been alright. Yeah, um, it's been um, yeah weirdly sort of busy. Yeah, as, as always, it always is. Um, well, quickly as side note, as I've mentioned, you're a professional cricketer, so your you know your work from April until end of September is. Cricket is first choice, whatever. In the winter, you can go and play abroad, and we'll mention that later. But, you know, for you, this is your creme de la creme, your peak season. Yeah, no, these um, these six months are, are crazy, really. Like I said, cricket is, is pretty much it. So um, it's one of those, you know, if you get three days off, that's a luxury. Um, and they might be random weeks, uh, random yeah, days random in a week. Days. So you, you never really, like... Planning stuff's tough. Um, well, for example, my wedding last year, you couldn't come on the stag, you couldn't come on the wedding, you couldn't come on Harry's stag, because yeah. that was all and April, couldn't go to Harry's, Harry's wedding. wedding. Yeah, so I mean, it's sort of, um, yeah, it gives and it takes away. Yeah. Obviously, it's Absolutely. a shame. I miss a lot of stuff like that. I've missed a few weddings now, um, which is a real shame, um, but it's, it's kind of part of it. Um, and you'd rather be a professional cricketer than doing the night. Well, most of the time, yeah. yeah. I would most of the time. Not, I can't go say all the time, definitely, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's a shame to miss like bigger life events. Yeah, that's the re- that's when you really, I don't know. I guess that that's the real sacrifice you make. Yeah, um, obviously, hundred loads of sacrifices, and not not just me to get to this point. We're talking about parents and friends, and when you're younger, you have to give up a lot of stuff. But the real stuff that I think um, sort of really hits home. You're, you're not living. The normal life, really, well, is when you miss like, like uh, weddings and, and weddings and stuff. Like like yeah. Well, you've touched on it straight away, and you know I'll roll straight into it with your early life, with the, with your cricket as a junior. Like for example, having known you for many years through school and, and club cricket, you you literally you personally didn't have a summer holiday from about the age of what twelve because you were always yeah. like my you your mum and dad were very happy with you playing cricket and your point of view was I'm not going away for two weeks on holiday or a week on holiday because I miss too much cricket 
Like, yeah, basically, yeah. And um, it was a weird one for me because obviously it reached a certain age where um, you could probably, I could like play for a few teams, so it wouldn't just be... No. Well, I, I never... Like with the junior festival, yeah, so you, you would realistically at age 13 be playing for the under-16s, 15s, 14s, 13s. So that's four weeks worth of festival. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, I never really played for my own age, no. only really the festival weeks. Um, so as a junior, really, I was kind of my whole... Um, my whole sort of junior career, I was in Harry and Swifty and yeah. Ballers here, which was obviously a year older than me. Um, so yeah, I, I obviously lived in sort of their age group. I had my own the age group above that as well, which we all played in. So yeah, I was a, there was a lot of cricket really, and um, I think as I played more and more, mum and dad loved it as well. They loved coming to the games, well, setting like... up a picnic and coming back to the club afterwards, all that sort of stuff. They really liked it. So um, I think. By sort of yeah, thirteen, fourteen, it was definitely like a everybody, That's my all of us decision really. Yeah, like, cricket's on in the summer, so we'll do that. And well, it's interesting you mentioned about the club. Like had Rohan on last week's pod, and like he's a, an outsider almost coming in, coming over in overseas, and he said the one thing he would take from playing cricket in Worthing would be the social side of Worthing Cricket Club. It's like that. Yeah, in the bar afterwards, in the, through the summer. That's your social life with the parents, with the kids, with the family. Like the, it's like Game of Thrones, just like different families. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what keeps you there. Um, Absolutely. The, the cricket gets you there. I just think with, a, with any sort of club, really, football, cricket, whatever it is, the, the sport will get you there. So the, I like, you know, for example, you, you like playing cricket, so you go to a cricket club. But what keeps you playing for that club and what um, keeps you sort of engaged in the club is the social afterwards and the people you get to spend time with and have a beer with afterwards and stuff. That's kind of what the game's about. And, um, you know, you, you get this other sort of family, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah it sort of grows. And over the years, you you become sort of really invested in, like, what people are doing. And, you know, like I said, a lot of weddings and then start kids start running around. Yeah. And it's brilliant. And, and that's that'll what, be the next generation of a cricket club sort of thing. Yeah, right? and it is. Now, obviously, we've... Um, at Worthing, definitely, we've... Um, We've sort of got our generation, but the generation before, I mean, they're still there. No? Yeah. Harry's dad was the chairman for so many years and, and Westers and Lutters and all that. So, um, yeah, no, it's brilliant that you have that. Only really a sports club can do that. I mean. Yeah. So we'll go back to the start. So you really didn't have any cricketing background. No. But no, you got no. hooked by the 2005 Ashes. More importantly, Shane Warnbone and Spin, yeah. which then made you think, well, I'll give that a go. And then that is where your parents went, well, we live in Worthing, send mates to Worthing Cricket Club and we'll go from there. And then it just sort of snowballed from there and then you worked through to the academy in Sussex until you then went over to Hampshire mm. um, and then play a trade at Hampshire. Like, from your parents' point of view, as you say, like, they invested into the cricket club and... Yeah, like that was that's where it all stemmed from, really. Yeah, it did. Yeah, um, like I said, no real cricket background. I think no one really plays in my family. Um, I think that was kind of the a nice change, really. Um, like a lot, of, I had a lot of football when I was really young. Yeah, um, Arsenal fan, massive Arsenal fan. Yeah, Dad gave me no choice with that. Yeah. So um, that's the way it should be, though. That's the way. None it should of this. Be, you yeah. you support your dad's side. No, no, you support what you're told to. Yeah. My, um, so my sister's pregnant and. Sam, her partner, is a Spurs fan, unfortunately. That's a real shame. That's a real bit hard. <laughs> but, you know, Dad's going, oh, well, you know. I said, Dad, you can't, because if it was the other way around, 
and, uh, and, yeah. and Victoria was going, oh, the kids aren't going to support Brighton. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so, um, yeah, football was the main thing. Yeah. And uh, Dad was well into his football and, um, you know, he, he would live and breathe the Arsenal results and all that sort of stuff. And um, I think we, we all sort of saw cricket as just a nice sort of change up, really. Yeah. Um, you know, mum was sort of around a very football sort of orientated family as well. So, um, yeah, it was odd, like mum and dad not knowing too much about the game. But obviously, they've learned as the years have gone on, and um, they really enjoy sort your, of. Your dad's one of the um, greatest net batters in Worthing. He's probably faced. Well, he's probably faced as many probably balls. Probably faced the most amount of balls in Worthing. Yeah. Without um, really playing any cricket. Yeah. Well, see, he's never really played a game. Um, <laughs> he did play one game. Um, I said played, he stepped in halfway through a game when I was playing for, I don't know, I'd be like 12, maybe 13, playing for the um, fourth level. And long story short, he fielded for under half an hour and he, he tore his calf. Uh, he had to go off and be replaced with someone else. And that was kind of it for him. He never, he never, he never played anything. So, no, it was, it, was, um, it was actually quite refreshing in that sense. You know, yeah. like, see football, it's one of those like, one position I was playing, really. I played in goal a bit, played off field a bit. Um, yeah, dad, dad barking at me from the sidelines, I didn't really respond too well to that. But cricket, he, there's nothing to say, didn't know what to say. So, so yeah. it's quite nice getting in the car, you done well or not, and there's just nothing being said. It's, I thought it was, it was quite That nice. must be like I played against a guy this year that he, you know, he opened the bat with his son, and his son's bang, and he's at the non strike net, and he's clearly one of the Colts coaches, and he's literally trying to coach his son. In the middle, and you just think, give your son a break, like. Yeah, and, well, and sometimes, and like you say, the football with the pushy parents and things. Sometimes it'd be too much, and like. Well, it is. I, um, I asked. Well, I was in a conversation a couple of years ago, and um, like our sort of head of sort of the age groups of Hampshire, I was talking to him, and I said, "What's like the biggest thing that gets in the way?" He went to parents. So parents, like you know, he said they. Really, he said, I tell him to drop the kids off and go home and leave leave, it, leave the coaches yeah. to the coaching, and you, know, you, just, you do the parenting sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I I think it was massive for me not having parents who were like super on me. Yeah. Um, I might say is I've I've obviously coached a, a little bit and done a, the odd like session here and there or masterclass whatever, and uh, some kids were like, you don't really know if you're coaching the, the kid or the parent. Yeah. Um, I think it's good obviously that the parents are sort of somewhat involved in what's going on but at the same time the kids got to work it out themselves if they can't you know if they can't that's their that's no, their problem they have to know why they're doing stuff they have to work it out themselves so um, yeah I'm a massive believer in that and I think the, the, the kids will get it eventually it just might take them a bit longer yeah. if they're told it but um, yeah that was massive for me not having like someone in my ear at home because you don't really talk about cricket at home. No. Um, yeah, that was probably quite nice having that. Go to cricket, play cricket, come home, come home, 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 home yeah. life. And I not, think, yeah. not sat around the dinner table going, oh, why'd you play that stupid shot? Yeah, or, why'd you or, do that? Yeah. Why, why'd you not have this? Why'd you not have a fielder there? Go, well, it's not a time really to talk no. about it. Yeah, but also that's a lesson. I've, had, I've learned it, but I've had to learn it the hard way, so now I've properly got it. Yeah. And I think the young age especially are pretty good. Oh, good. So, Worthing went through the junior section, as you say, you started, like, that's what's always good, is that you started at the fours, you worked your way up through. So, 
do you remember your first changing room experiences with Worthing? Would that be your first sort of beer beer experience with um, the older heads at the club? Yeah, I'd say so. I think um, so. Obviously, the fourth team I mentioned there, we we were kind of like um, a bit of like a junior team. Yeah. So um, we have a lot of people, sort of sixteen under. Was that the Barry Cool days? Yeah, yeah. So obviously Barry was sort of in charge of that team. Yeah. Um, I think we had like two other sort of senior players. Yeah, the rest of us were juniors, which was pretty good because it wasn't like intimidating for anyone because we were all there together. Mm. Um, but obviously playing men's cricket, but it's not like a proper men's yeah. change room. The first one of them, I'd say, was when I moved up to, uh, I think the twos, and it would have been, um, yeah, it would have been Tim, um, <laughs> Westers, uh, guys like that. The, the old guard. Yeah. Were, maybe were still enjoying that. They they come down from the first team, but were still performing enough to, to yeah, warrant. Yeah, but more, they were all there together, more yeah. important, I think. And, um, even though, like uh, Lutters and JK and um, yeah, that's kind of my. Like, Would you say they were like the main characters in that chain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like I remember. I don't know if it was my first team debut. Maybe I'd obviously, obviously, I was pretty excited. Yeah. I'd be about fifteen, maybe fourteen or fifteen, and I sort of got in the chain and put my stuff down. And I remember Lutters coming in and going, "No, I don't think so, mate." <laughs> been changing there for 30 years yeah <laughs> and I thought well yeah that's longer than I've been bored so I'm, I'm going to move yeah but that's, that's <laughs> going to be one of the things we talk about later but it's interesting you say about that because I've recently been I've been on holiday I was reading Freddie Flintoff's book and he said that when he went into the England set and we'll talk about you going into the England set later but you know he people have in chain rooms where they get changed yeah, and some people will be welcome and go. It's fine, but I normally change there. Other people, Lutters is Lutters, will come in and go. That's where I change, sorted. And yeah. other people will go oh, get changed in the hallway. Yeah, no, there's um, a there's, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a, a way of doing it. But as you say, <laughs> it, it, but I think cricket has such a superstition thing that yeah, that probably plays a part of. I have to sit if I don't sit in that position, then I don't get any runs. That's why I haven't got any runs. Not because I've got done by a bloody good nut or a played stupid shot it's because I wasn't sat in that position yeah no there's a lot of that um, you know we had like yeah we've had um, quite a few things that we sort of turned around your kids put in the shower and <laughs> but, oh, right, well, I'm not sitting there right I'm not sitting there yeah um, but yeah our um, our sports psych said something about it last year he said um, he said it's a, it's complete bollocks but I 100% believe in it um, and that's kind of it you know it is yeah. absolute crap I think from if a, it makes people comfortable, then you do it. Don't you? From a point of view, it's like a, it's more of a process thing because I have it as well. I have a process of not so much of where I sit, but the way that you you know you put your gloves on, or even now to the point where I I take my mark, I take my guard, mark it out four times, step away, twiddle my back four times, hit hit the ground four times for a face. It's like. Four, 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 gone. Yeah, <laughs> you don't ever and, yeah. butt watch the yeah. ball. <laughs> but um, I think it's a process thing more than anything. But as you say, like going back to the word thing, lots of characters in that change room. And then as it went on, and you had your Glovers and your Greenie Machen came in, like you were still around though. But that was yeah. when you were playing more because you played a bit of club cricket in Hampshire as well, didn't you? Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean. For me, so I had school cricket on Saturdays as well. Yeah. Um, 
So I had I had one sort of I'd say full season where I played completely for Worthing. Once scored finished completely for Worthing. Um, we were in the Prem that year, and then after that, um, the Hampshire Academy played in their league. So yeah. They wanted me to play for them, um, and so that was my Saturday's gone really. And I'd kind of, you know, sort of agree every now and then. I'd get one game in for Worthing or two games in for Worthing because. I felt really that that was the club cricket experience. Yeah. Um, so it was good as it is that if you do something on a Saturday, Hampshire see it. But at the same time, I think there are so many things from playing men's club cricket at a young age. You just can't learn in well in any other environment. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, rake over old graves with what was said in last week's uh, episode. But exactly that. Like I said, even at my standard. You're giving up seven hours of your Saturday. You want to do it with people that you want to spend time with. It's not like football where it's not forty. It's ninety minutes. You turn up an hour before the game, play ninety minutes. You can go straight away. You're turning up for like a Worthing game or like for a Hampshire, like in that Hampshire yeah. league. You're turning up for maybe like ten thirty in the morning, eleven o'clock in the morning. You're not going home till seven pm. Yeah. So at that, when you're you've got the option of playing club cricket at that level, Hampshire might see something, or I can go home, play with all my mates, because by that point, Harry, Ballard, Swifty, all in the first team, and then I can stay in the bar afterwards. My mum and dad are going to come down. All the other parents, you know, you're always going to pick the the option where you're spending time with you're spending a whole day with people that you don't get to see. Yeah, and you know, the other thing is, it's not. Um... Yeah, it's not just that sort of stuff. It's like, you know, obviously when you're batting, you're sat there for three hours with your mates. You know, it's yeah. Like, it's like I said about football there. You, you can play football with a bunch of strangers. You don't, you don't talk to anyone. No. You're, you, I you, like, you turn up, you warm up, you go out, you sit down at half-time, back out again, and that's it, you know. Um, so cricket, I think, the good thing about cricket is so social, and that's why people like it, really. Um, the actual cricket, obviously, is great, and people enjoy playing it, but the social element of it, it for me it is the game isn't it you, know, you, you have to be social to play in a yeah exactly because you can't you, play you can't play if you're not going to talk you, to people if you, get, if you get a first baller you're sat watching your t- as you just said yeah. sat watching your team back for three hours you know you can't you might you might be the kind of person that sulks for 20 minutes because you've got a bad decision or something like that but then you've got to sit with, sit with everyone for three hours like yeah no, you, and, and you when you're on the pitch like, yeah. you know you're not involved all the time you, you've got to chat to people in the field and yeah, that's you know again. Uh, so I go back to it. You, know, you you really become close to people because you spend so much time with them. And Absolutely. Then, and then you you add that to you know you go after the game for a few beers and that. Um, there's nothing really quite like it. No. And going for a few beers after the game, I've got a little note here. Drink the bar dry night. Yeah. A firm favourite of ours. Um, end of season. We always we've always had some quite good ones. Interworthing booth. Yeah. And then uh, we, <laughs> I've got brackets. Retro will get a lot of mentions. Um, so yeah, those those days were great, weren't they? Like, and that yeah. was when the club was probably because I was I was away for the end of the season this year. But that was like we had a few seasons where it was peak, where it was everyone, all the team, and I don't even play for working. I would be there on the end of the season night out. Yeah, having you know playing arrogance, drinking, heading into town, and but those were great days. Like the liquid yeah. retro days, COVID ruined that a little bit, but yeah, good good experiences. Nah, they were like 
Yeah, that's the sort of stuff that kind of, um, yeah, I don't know, you, you sort of open into the world a bit, you know, you, especially when you're a bit younger, sort of, you know, certainly um, you could start going out on those nights, it's like 18, yeah. 19, even 20 really, and it was just, yeah, amazing really. Um, like I said, so many great, but everyone would be there, you yeah. wouldn't miss it, it was like, you put it in it, the canvas. Yeah, right everyone knew, last game of the season, they're yeah. out, and, it, and again, we talk about those characters, it was like, you know, you knew on that night out, Gloves was going to be on top form, like, yeah. um, Challenge was going to be on top form, Greeny, Matron, yeah. like, Harry, Ballard, Swifty, Westers, yeah. you know, everyone was out on that, Gold's, Goldsmith, yeah, what? But you know, but people are building up to it as well. You know? Yeah, you that's the night you get excited for. It's not, it's not just another Saturday. Because um, it is the pinnacle of the scene. Because there was, there were times as well when Worthing had won the league, yeah, and had got promotion, and you just think, right, well, we're all out to celebrate this year, like this night. Yeah, and that's yeah. It's one of those nights as well where sort of a, a club really comes together. It's not just the first team. It's not just the people you play with it's like the people you don't play with no. and it's you know I always think um, a good a good cricket club when you're a good place like your your first thought is how did the this team get on how did the three get on how did, you know and taking an interest and um, I feel like certainly obviously I've not played for for a long time now but when we were at our best it was really like that you know it would be like you'd be propped we'd up get, we'd get back to the club oh, how did two oh, they, they won it off oh, brilliant like, oh well played you know all that sort of stuff and it brings a the club really close together, so nights like that are even better then. Yeah. You've got four teams Cause you've got, completely celebrating. You know, we just named like the first team players, but then you've got your Josh Hydes, your Adam Squires, your Glenn, your Harrises, you know, yeah. your Culvers, your Beltons, like all and you've got people from all four mm. five sides. Yeah. Um, and they make a cricket club. Yeah. You know, it's not just one team. Um yeah, it's a, it's all the teams, it's all the junior sides, it's brilliant. And I think a really good cricket club um, from the bottom right to the top, you know, you sort of you do know, you do know people. You do take an interest in how they do. You do want them to do well, and um, yeah, I've certainly got that at Worthing, definitely without doubt. Good, right? So then we've touched on the Worthing point. So Hampshire, very good county. You ended up there due yeah. to uh, your school teacher was like head of cricket at Lancing College was involved there because he's next player from there. Um, so your Hampshire debut when did you find out and how did you find out um, my Hampshire debut I found out about an hour before really um, and do you think they did that on purpose uh, maybe I, yeah I just I just turned up and I'd um, they were doing a thing back then where like the, the home T20s they'd get um, two or three academy lads in to sort of run the drinks get to know people, see how it works sort of thing. And I'd done it two or three weeks in a row. Um, so I was kind of familiar with what was going, going on. And um, I, I, just, I turned up and I just knew I was 12 man, so I, I didn't get my kit out of the car. I just got my uh, spikes out. So I was just turned up, backpack and spikes. And then the head coach just came up to me. He's like, oh, um, by the way, like you might play tonight. And I was like, oh. Shit, like, okay. Um, had to run back to the car park, get the stuff out of the boot, come back in. I was like, I didn't really know what's going on. So I heard I might play, and the old person was like, Oh, are you in? Are you in? I was like, I don't know. And then um, 
uh, Vince had to do the toss, and as he was sort of doing the toss, I'm like, well, no one's told me if I'm playing yet. Yeah, it's half an hour before the game. Sort of thing. And as he was doing it, about to sort of when they go like, you know, what's your team tonight? That's when the coach came over and said, well, you're in. Good, good luck, you're in. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> I was like, oh god, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and that was kind of it, really. The next thing I knew, I was. Um, I suppose it's not a bad thing because it it takes that worry. You aren't thinking about it for three days. You're thinking, right. No, and that, I think that's a big thing at the start is you can sort of eat yourself alive a bit worrying about it. But I think what's um, really easy to say now, but at the time, it is another cricket game. It's, yeah. just a, it's just a bigger and better cricket game than you've played in before, really. But it's exactly the same. Um, yeah, and we batted first, which was quite nice because I could sort of sit there for a minute and just, just soak it up, watch. not be thrown right in. Yeah, I understood I was playing, but obviously just watch for a bit and then, um, yeah, it was obviously T20. And next thing you know, I was um, I was out there and it was yeah a bit surreal really. Um, I think I was in Tenerife for it. I think we yeah, were, I think we were on a lads' holiday because yeah. I think like, you might have been. We were on a lads' holiday and I think somebody texted into a Worthing group chat something to Harry like. Mason's playing, so then we were getting ready for a night out, drinking at the all inclusive, just checking the fit, checking the game, like the easy beer. Yeah, there's a weird one. No one, no one got there. No, um, I couldn't tell anyone because obviously they because um, you weren't sure. Were mum and dad there? No, no. Well, they take the phones off you. Yeah, for for um, oh, cause TV yeah. So they take your phones off you um, for the anti-corruption stuff. So I couldn't really tell anyone. I think mum and dad listened on the radio or something, whatever. Um, and yeah, sort of, it was it was a uh, quite surreal. It happened so fast, and then yeah, before you know it, you're like, oh my god, I've played again. Yeah, was, did you get Sangakara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, first first professional wicket, yeah. Kumar Sangakara. And, Thank uh, you. And uh, and Solanke as well, which is kind of like a real like I think for people of our, our sort of yeah, Vikram you know, Solanke because he was the first player to ever be used for the. Um, Remember they brought in a rule for what England one day that you were able to have like a specific batsman that you could sub in. He was the, yeah he right was the one. yeah and yeah Vikram Solanke he was a he's pro- quite that's quite an odd one because yeah, he's like a cult hero he would have been right at the end of his career yeah and obviously right at the start of mine so like you know I think when we look back um, in a few years time be saying oh playing against him it'd be like. Wow, you're old. <laughs> you're playing forever. Um, but yeah, no, quite like quite cool, really. How the you know he's obviously like a um, he's a proper two thousands, maybe nineties cricketer. I don't even know, but definitely yeah, the late nineties, maybe. And there's me starting in like he probably he probably made his debut the year you were born. Or something. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. did. Yeah, but that's mental, really. Like, did they? So let's try and this is a beer podcast in a certain way. Did they make you do an initiation? Um, I did. I haven't. No, no. There's not an initiation, but there is. Um, so there is. So we'll have like a fines every now and then. Yeah. Um, sort of when the schedule allows, really. Um, and there'll be like a. You do. You do a beer basically for a an HB, which is a Hampshire best, or a CB, which is a career best. So it's quite handy if you sort of make your day. Obviously, that's an HB. So you don't, you know, um, but if you make them and do quite well early, obviously it remains your HP for quite some time, so you're sort of safe for the Nice. Next. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's only sort of thing on that, so that's, that's, that's kind of it. There's no real, like, so like football team that's singing or something. So, like, Vincey, 
yeah. James Vince, to those that don't know who Vince is, <laughs> uh, he won't be like he's not really getting past his Hampshire best or career best now, is he? Like he's safe, surely. He's in the same zone. Yeah, I, yeah, he definitely has. I definitely have seen him do stuff like that, but yeah, you know, he's um, yeah. I think the, the tough one when you consistently improve, which yeah. is quite tough because. You're gonna do a lot. Get, get your first couple of things. Yeah. Oh, I've got a fight for now. Oh, I've taken. Oh, I've had a good day. And yeah, and that's kind of um, it, really. Yeah, I mean, there's no real like initiation no. like that. I think. Yeah, there's no. Um, I'm not sure many people would stand up and sing. No, certainly not. But you know, talking about being the younger sort of guy in the changing room, I've mentioned on my little sheet, Uncle Carbs. They're yeah. the you know Michael Carberry. My story of him is that you said to him, oh, I've got a mate who's left-handed, can he have a pair of batting gloves? And he went, there's no point in having one pair of batting gloves, have four pairs of batting gloves. Like, yeah. He was proper Uncle Carbs to you, wasn't he? Like, sort of yeah. the kind of guy, yeah. if, you know, if you'd had a bad day, arm round and somebody that looked out for you. Yeah, and I think, I think um, there are obviously a lot of guys, I've, I mean, most really I've played with it, are like, just genuinely nice people. Yeah. Um, someone like a Cubs or um, yeah, I guess an Adam Weeks or Jimmy Adams, Will Smith, those sorts of guys. You know, like obviously in a completely different stage of their career to me. Um, just, just genuinely nice people, and they do look out for you. And um, I think Carl's had a slight heart attack when he found out that um, he made his debut the year I was born. <laughs> I think he, that's when you, that's when it hit you. Perhaps realised his age, but. Um, you know, it's amazing, like, you know, sort of being in the same change rooms, guys like that. It's amazing to start with because yeah. you're like, oh, God, this, you know, they're amazing players and all that stuff. But it's always great when you realise actually it's just a really good human. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we're very lucky, Hampshire, we have a lot of them. We have a lot of just great guys. And it's, it, 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 it helps so much when you're, like, 18, starting out, and then someone can just go... It'll be all right, mate. Or, like, you know, on the bus, looking something to sit in the Because, yeah, you sit know, you took... You listen to these podcasts about footballers in the late 90s, early 2000s, and it was like very clicky, way sort of the bus. Yeah. And again, I'm going to go back to it, the Freddie Flintoff book. You know, he his persona was, I'm going to be nice to young lads coming into change rooms because I people weren't nice to me. And, and it, yeah. from chats that we've always had, it always seems that they've, the Hampshire change room's always been a nice change room to be in. Like, yeah, no, it is. I've, you know, we got called Happy Hampshire for a number of years, I think, because yeah, people called it sort of because we weren't like properly out there and tough, but we don't, you know, we don't abuse people, we don't spray people right. like that. But um, it, it kind of was from the inside as well because everyone's just happy, you know, just nice people, happy to be there, yeah, like a nice environment, and you know, looking after young players is such an important thing because um, they're going to be around for a long time. So you know, you you kind of got a. Um, that's how you can sort of make the, the team sort of environment and culture the way you want it really is the way the young lads are because yeah. ultimately at some point they're going to take over they will be the next yeah, gen they'll be the they'll have another bunch of 18 year olds having to step yeah. into that gen but even yeah, at some point they're going to be the captain and the best player and, yeah. and the guy who's playing all the games and someone playing international cricket and that so getting those guys sort of into the, the culture you want and creating that is um, so important I think we do it very well Good. And your friend of mine, Ollie Potts, who we'll feature when we talk about Australia, uh, obviously 
for those that have never listened to the Peter Crouch podcast, they mention about Parched, about yeah. the, uh, the person that in a training session never needed a drink because <laughs> they, were, they were talking to the manager. So uh, I think this is a loaded question. Ask who the most parched person you know is. And then if there's any notable parched players on the circuit. Um, <laughs> the most parched person I know is without doubt Ben Mendoza. Yeah. Um, just for a number of reasons. But ultimately he was, he was playing football for Bogner a few years ago and this picture emerged and it, I, I think it's just a definition of parched. The whole team sat down after or laid down after a fitness session with sort of two coaches at the front and Ben sort of stood next to him <laughs> and double teapot um, and so that is definitely him um, around the circuit it's an interesting one in cricket because there's quite a lot like um, there's a lot of it now of like all this franchise stuff yeah so the same players that get signed yeah the same there's a lot of that but um yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Hampshire, we got parched. It's a good question. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe really we'll have to come back to yeah, that. Yeah, I don't really know. The thing is, you've got like, um, you'd, you'd have like the coaches, obviously, you get on with yeah. them. It's not. But they're like, but it's not like a, a football, football manager. Yeah, it's, like it's not like that. So, football's. Look, I don't know, but it looks very much like what the gaffer wants he gets, yeah. and that's his team, and we're the players, and we do our thing. We're in cricket, it's very much a, we're all part of the same sort of team, and um, you know, it's very much a sort of ask, uh, sort of everything's a discussion. Yeah, do yeah. you want to do that? What do you want to do today? What, are your thoughts what do you need? Yeah. What do you want? I think. In football, it looks very much like they're told what they're doing, they're told where they're going. They're you're you're what, running laps, you're doing... This is what training is. Like the, training for cricket is very much like, there's going to be this net weather, but it's like, what do you want today? Like, do yeah. you, this, you go and work. Do you want it? Oh, I just want, I just want underarm process. Oh, that's fine, mate. Well, I just want a couple of... I want a left-hand batsman and a right-hand batsman that I can bowl to. Yeah, six balls on, T20, I'll go, like, is there a... Oh, left-handers batting. Yeah, okay, I'll just wait for them. I'll bowl them. Um... Stuff like that, so it's not it's not really the place you'd get. No, apart. But I did, yeah. I'm not going to mention names, but I did go on a Lions tour a few years ago, and I, you can tell me it didn't later. And I did see a couple of players go for a six a.m. swim with the coach. Really? Um, so uh, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not going to mention. No, names we're not going to name names because he'd probably kill me. But <laughs> so. Talking about, again, it's a beer podcast, we're just finishing Neck Oil. County Championship circuit, so obviously for those that aren't cricket fans, the County Championship is the four-day cricket, like you're a Red Bull, so you turn up at a ground the day before or the day of, just go the night before, Yeah. if you're in a away game, yeah. so you're there for like four or five days. Now, in club cricket, there is the rain card, Yeah. is that played in the County Championship? I've definitely seen it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen it. I've definitely seen a rain card. I've definitely played a rain card. But what I would say, I think they're getting less frequent. Really? I think, um, yeah, we've just kind of reached the point where the young lads coming through, whether it's COVID, whether it's the game just becoming slightly more professional, they're not as big a drinkers as a lot of them as like. As they were. Like, they were. Again, I'm going to go back to it. Flint off the book. He had one, yeah. one innings. That he um, 
he came up, he came off after that, had a lie down, fell asleep, got up and went, oh, what did I miss? I went, you got 140. He didn't remember it. Yeah, no, so that, there's, yeah, I think there's, there's less of that now, certainly from the younger guys, so like, you know, you fast forward five more years yeah. and you could be, no, you could, but you could, drinking, it but. could be you and Brad Will going for a pint because all the young lads are tucked up, tucked up, man, call the duty. Yeah, that, and I think I think there's a lot less of that, but yeah, Renko's definitely still playing. One thing as well, you remember that cricket. Like, if you're batting all day tomorrow, to say like, you know, now we were playing yeah. the game, we move tomorrow, we're definitely batting. batting, and you're batting ten on batting eleven. Yeah, so we're a long way away from batting, and there's rain around. You know, you can Safe. make a you can make an educated yeah. guess about. Oh, I'm not going to be here till the day after. So, um, yeah, there's a bit. I've seen definitely. I've seen definitely <laughs> like said, just just less and less, and especially now it doesn't rain anymore. No, um, didn't miss a day of cricket this year. Through, really, rain. You haven't missed one solid. Um, yeah, tough to play it when there's no, there's no clouds. But as we mentioned at the begin at the top of the pod, so Hampshire could they need to do a bit to win the championship, but they could, but. If you did win the championship, that would be you'd complete the set because you've won the one day cup and mm. this year if you won the blast before this year, no, this, no. so you won the Vitality Blast this year at Edgebaston. Yep. So let's start the one day cup because I remember that, twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. you had to have an injection in your back to get yourself through it. Yep. And that was basically your last game of the season. Yeah, it was um end of June I think. Yeah. And um yeah, long story short, I'd, I'd had um, I'd had a stress fracture that winter in my back. Um, and in it, New Zealand, yeah, and it just it, it sort of came back. I came back too early, but I kind of had to because we had some injuries and they needed me to rush back. So I, I did. Um, and yeah, I mean, long story short, I um, sort of redid it. Um, but I, so I was out for the. I was out for it's about a nine month injury. Um, and you're probably only out for what three, four months before that. So that's, it's a nine month injury, um, but you can start bowling again after about six months. And long story short, the first one I came back. I think it was just under ten weeks. Um, so we did rush it, yeah, uh, properly rush it. But again, it's like you can bowl not At, quite the same, but you can do. Thing it. is, it's about twenty eighteen. So what are you? So you would have only been twenty one. So you're still yeah, just as much as you've got a career and like you've just played for England. From your point of view, you're probably thinking, "Well, I need to still keep management happy and try and." Yeah, and it, it's one of those things like you know, you're young, so you're gonna bounce back quickly. Yeah. So you know, you're, you're nine months at that age. They care for you, but you know, you can do it. In, you could do it much quicker than that. And um, it, I was only playing fifty over cricket. I wasn't playing like the four days and stuff. No. So it was only like you know, probably seven between seven and ten overs a game. I was sort of been managed through it a bit. Wasn't really bowling and training and stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it it came back the stress fracture. So um, the fu- the the my last game was the last group game. So I missed the semi final, and then obviously the final was there. And um, I knew my season was over anyway. So we sort of explored whether I could play through it. I mean, yeah, if you've never had a stress fracture before, it's like it's like someone's just hit you. At the spine, at the base of your spine, with a sledgehammer, you can't, you can't really move. You can't bend over. You can't bend backwards at all. So, um, like bending down to pick something up, it's kind of okay, but coming back up is worse. Really. So again, like fielding is a real issue. Batting is a problem. Bowling is a real issue. Running is an issue. 
Um, it's just horrible. Um, but I thought for one game, it's a final. I'm obviously not playing. Never played in the Lord's final. And you might never again. You know, that's what you. So you think, well, I might as well explore the options. And it was essentially I had a massive injection in the back. I don't think it did anything. To be honest, it really hurt. Really. Um, but well, you got a run out though. So. I did. Yeah. I mean, the whole day was agony. Um, I sort of drugged up the eyeballs with painkillers, whatever I was allowed to take. I was having, um, I was cramping everywhere because I hadn't done anything for two weeks. So I was just having this jab, trying to keep yourself. letting it settle, not wasting myself. So um, yeah, but again, like I look back at it now, we won. Um, amazing day, and I wouldn't really swap it. Right. Know, it, it as sort of as uncomfortable and as bad as it was. It ended up being a great day. You've um, won, yeah. Like, like, you get the medal. You, you've obviously you get the, you lift the trophy at Lords. That's got kind of what we. You all had it to CV. For. Like in years yeah. to come, people, you know, people that don't know you will Wikipedia you one day and it'll say 2018 Royal London One Cup One Day Cup winner. Like yeah. you've got that in your armory. That's in your cabinet. Like yeah. So it's a yeah. It's one of those where like you know you're gonna look back and you're never gonna regret that. Um, you know, I'm never ever going to regret playing in that game no it was, just, it was just great it was amazing won a trophy and that's literally why we play there's, and there's what no were the celebrations like? well this is the thing so if you win you obviously don't go anywhere no so we're in like the training rooms at Lord's was, until they kick us out and then uh, we stay in a hotel pretty close so then we like you know um, just walk straight back to the hotel and they had like a room for us at the hotel um yeah, and if you win, you, you never you never get close to going out. You, you okay. wake up in your match kit or your medal on. Um, and it's the same this year. We had a... Uh, well, sorry. So I woke up, woke up in the morning I remember, the, around my neck. I remember the text. I said, oh, how was the night out? Because, you know, like we were we were up at Edgebaston when you were up there in the England squad. We met up and went on a night out in Birmingham. And uh, I love Birmingham as a night out. I'm hoping to get Edgebaston tickets for next year, but... Yeah, so I was like, oh, how's your night out? Where'd you go? And you were like, didn't get out of the hotel. Yeah, yeah. And the added thing, and I've put again on my little form, double celebrations, because for those not watching the... For those who haven't seen it, that aren't cricket fans, Hampshire won the game. Yeah. Celebrating, runoff, pyros, fireworks, smoke, incredible. For the umpire to put his arm up, no ball, come back, we've got to go again. Yeah, no... <laughs> It's unbelievable because it was it was close. The whole game was close the whole way through, and it was like unbelievable we were in a position to even think about winning it. And then we won it, and it, if we won it, then it would have been unbelievable. It would have been, it would have been an outrageous win, you know, um, and that would have been amazing. And it was, um, but then we had to do it all over again, and then it really did become unbelievable because I, I honestly couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, we've just. We've just celebrated. We've just we've just celebrated. We've done it. The right? thing about the cricket, cricket out. celebrations, fireworks coming out. You lot are running around pulling stumps out yeah, of the yeah. ground, running around with stumps, and then it's like, yeah, you've got to come back and do it. Yeah, again. and um, yeah, so we had to do it all over again, and then we won it, and um, and then it was like they just wanted to keep running, but the game had already obviously Yeah, finished, and that caused a bit of a controversy. Yeah, Not yeah, controversy, but a bit of a stir, wasn't it? It was well, like people going, well, were the wickets broken? When was it declared dead ball? I, I think the game ended. If we're being honest, the game finished. He, you know, the way I look at it, he had two chances to hit the ball. If he hit the ball the second time, they'd have made two runs. No matter where it went, they'd have run yeah. two. But he didn't. He missed it twice in a row. Fair enough. The game ended. The keeper's holding the ball. Everyone's dead. 
And I remember, um, it was like, that was just it. And Lindsay uh, said to him, I was like, so, have we won? Like, is that it? And Liam was like, yeah, yeah. And then we can celebrate again. But it was almost too knackered from the first time. And, like, <laughs> it was almost relief at that point, because you do start thinking, oh my God, like, what if we've we just celebrated yeah. like we have? Um, this could go down as one of the big yeah. faux pas of cricket. How embarrassing would it be now if we didn't win? You know, like, I'm like, it would awful. <laughs> You'd, you'd have felt like you just won the thing to yeah. second Today's place. Today's watching the other Which team. Which is the worst thing that can happen is coming into second place. So, um, you know, really glad we won it. Um, but what, what actually went on there is, is, so I was cramping up the whole game, my calves, both both calves gone. So finals there, so we played two T20s back to back. Yes. Yeah, so. High intensity game. So um, two in a row is tough work. So I did, I, did the, I, I was cramping up all game. We obviously all jump on each other at the end. Obviously jumping is not good for calves, so both calves just completely gone. Gone. But it didn't matter because we won the game. And then I had to get myself up for doing it all over again. <laughs> so I'm sort of like, it's me stretching wheels, I was stretching my calves, I couldn't move sort of thing. And then the whole um, celebration, I, I couldn't, couldn't really move. I was being gone. carried from side to side. We had sort of two pockets of Hampshire fans being carried from side to side, I couldn't really move. But um, yeah, that was just like, the most unbelievable and then and then back to the hotel and just it, as you yeah. say as you say they give you a room and you're just in that room for the evening kind of thing well yeah so the, um, to be fair Edgbaston gave us a, a, a bar which was yeah. quite good to start with so we had a few in the change room they give you those beers we had beers in there and, and we went to this bar they obviously got for us um, in there with like a few of the fans and the families and all that sort of stuff um which was great, and then we go back to the hotel, and it was really unique this year. All four teams from Farmers Day in the same hotel. So by the time we got back to the hotel, see Lanx, we just beat in the final. We're all sat there having a beer, um, having to hear you lot sing. And then we sort of yeah, it was like a bit of a terrace bit of this hotel, and, it, and we were just sort of singing our songs, and having a great night. And um, yeah, like I said, those nights you never really in the hotel because it's, it's too good where you are really. Um, That's, and I, I mean, mentioned it on the last part like it's very much a case of it's not where you are it's who you're with and like for yeah. you guys you've just won the blast together you've just, for some of you for some of you they've won it before but for other people you've never won and the T20 blast and we'll get on to the 100 in a minute but the T20 blast is still really the creme of the creme of the white ball tournament like yeah that's the one I think um, that's the one you want it means the most certainly yeah. at the moment because um Obviously, it means the most playing for your team, you know. And um, a lot of us obviously grow up at a, at a club. Then you play for a club, and you, you mean a lot of homegrown players, um, and it just, it means a lot. It means so much to everyone to sort of um, play for. It's not, you know. I think we're probably, the Blast is probably the one T Twenty tournament in the world where it's not just another tournament for people to come in and play for games. No, club or off. it's not that. Because so like the RFC this year was so great right? was they come in, they buy into what we're doing, they become part of the club, they really are like invested in what's going on um, and all that sort of stuff. And then you know we're gonna help we're gonna help them try and do as well as they can. It's not like oh god, no, it's not like for example, come and play five games. Well, and, when we were in Australia and we and Vinci came out for that tournament. He was signing for a side that were paying him X amount of dollars, and they couldn't. They couldn't yeah. qualify. 
he'd literally been brought out there just as a, as a name sort of thing. Whereas for you guys, it's your home club, it's the county, it's insane fans. It's yeah. not like a, and we'll literally we'll move into it now, but it's not like a, a franchise that's been made up. It's people that have been, in fact, you've got fans yeah. that have been there for five years and you've got fans that have been there for 50 years. Like Yeah, and it, it, it just means slightly more, I think. I think, certainly at the moment, you know, we've got, Got you've got, you got kids who've their whole life played for Hampshire and um, same a lot of our players have only ever played for Hampshire so yeah it means a lot more and I think it's not about names no. it's not about oh who's the biggest name we can get in so we can get bums on seats it's like who's going to fit in best in our team and that's on the pitch and off it because it's so important and yeah. it's quite a long tournament as well um, so you know, it's quite a lot of travelling you well. get people in you know that are, are pretty sort of sound and they're um, going to Go well in your team. Perfect. So then, moving on from there then, so then you play for London Spirit in the 100, you've had yeah. two years. Last year, not a great year. Yeah. But you did play with your hero, Shane Warren, mentioned yeah. earlier. How was that? Obviously, we've been passing away this year, that must have been quite hard. But yeah. how was having a year with him at the, at the Spirit? Yeah, it was amazing, yeah. Um, everything you could hope for, really. Um, he's obviously, or was obviously, a, sort of an amazing person as well as a, obviously probably the best cricketer of all time but um, yeah just really enjoyed sort of being in his company everyone did really and that was the best bit about it was he was just a joy to be around um, yeah like I said the results didn't quite go our way but we got quite unlucky with um, overseas couldn't come and a couple of guys played for England a couple more than every other team had and just got a bit unlucky so this year we had a bit more of a settled team um yeah, all the overseas got to come over for most of it and had a pretty good year. Really good year? Yeah. Like, you were six from six or five from six? We, yeah, point, we were, yeah. And um, that was good. I think I think the with the 100, that's, bec- you know, we're two years into it now, but that's it's becoming like, it's meaning something to people. Yeah. So, you know, I've played two years now for London Spirit. All the people there, it's starting to mean something to people. Um, well, you mentioned in the pub before, um, like, you know, people are turning up in kit. Like yeah, and it's, it's, people are starting it's, to it's meaning a bit more get to their side to fans. It's meaning a bit more to kids who have just started watching cricket, you know, for two the last couple of years. That's all they know now. So the London Spirit, their mm-hmm. team, and um, you know, same all the same people there behind the scenes, and it's just starting to mean something. And I, I think that's what's going to um, be really good moving forwards. Is I think as you see the teams, similar teams every year. Same sort of um, ethos and stuff. Yeah, um, the, the people that really are good. like London Spirit, like like you've had with the big bash in Australia and the IPL yeah. in India, like the players that go and play for that same side. All the yeah, time. and and it just starts meaning a bit more, and that's how the teams become different for each other, and that's what brings the uniqueness to each team is they're going to have their own core of people, um, and that's going to really shape the team. Good, and the hundred is a bit is quite a good social as well. Yeah, it is, yeah. A little yeah. bit like a stag do. Yeah, apparently. Um, <laughs> it's great because in the hundreds you get, like it's the most relaxed schedule we have. Um, because every game, it's one game a day on TV, so on average you play once every four days. Um, you don't need to, you don't need to calculate it to work out how long it takes to get over a hangover, but it's not four <laughs> days. <laughs> not four days. Um, and sometimes, at one point, you're going to have you know, about a week off. Um which is yeah, which is great. And to be fair, though, I think having a few beers and a bit of a social is the best way to get. It's the, and especially a bit when of you've got culture. so many different people coming from different, um, like yeah. because the thing is, it's not like a case of you know 
with majority of Hampshire with a few overseas. It is literally how many of the hundred players have you played from Hampshire? You and Woody, like two people. No, this so we had six this year. Oh, from oh really? So we okay. had myself, Chris Wood, Liam Dawson, Brad Wheel, and the two Hampshire overseas, Ellis and McDermott. So that was quite good. But obviously the difference is we're in London. Yeah, we're away from home. Yeah, they're the guys with kids are away from their kids. They're away from their families. So it's like you ha- you do hang out with each other. Um, I think that obviously a thing with like T20 games Hampshire or uh, four day games the game ends it's like people do want to get home to their because they're, they're going home and they'll be home in 25 minutes whereas yeah, you guys are going back to the same hotel we're all going so we might as well you know be together you know, yeah. not everyone's family is always going to be up there um, so we we hang out together and it's great and it's the same we've got guys coming down from the north we've got guys who live Locally, you've got you know, guys coming from all over, but we're all in everyone together. Yeah. And so. then also you have the women's team as well, and like they're a good crack. And yeah, like... the women's team, obviously, they, 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 all the games are, are double-headers, so it's sort of travelling around yeah. the two so teams. You, so you time, guys so. are there getting ready for your game, watching them, and then the girls, like the, the women, are watching, are playing their game, and then celebrating or just having a relax and a beer, watching you guys. Like, yeah. So it works quite no, well. It's quite a nice atmosphere, and... Um, yeah, like I said, everyone's away from home, so you may as well go and do something together and have a beer or or whatever. And um, yeah, I mean, there's worse places uh, to be than London. Yeah, it, to be fair, so you've got um, you've, it's not like you're in, you're in the sticks in London. No, no, no. So um, and yeah, then also all the, all the away games are good cities as well. So. And they're all major cities, yeah. So um, yeah, it's a it's good fun to be part of. But I think the main thing is, like I said, you sort of travelling around in your group together and it's not you know people don't often just start home and that sort of thing there's a good sort of big chunk of you that are, are just there at the hotel good. so you may as well right so we're 54 minutes into the pod and now we're getting to the right. to the big things we're getting to the Australia trip yeah so which one well <laughs> so your first one in the sense of in ECB performance programme sorted you out with Gordon was that all uh, yeah so I obviously went and played grade cricket for Gordon um, so well, grade cricket for those so how it works in England is you have county you have county second 11s and then you have club cricket whereas in Australia you have shield teams which is the Sheffield Shield which is like their county sort of game and then they don't have twos but they've got grade cricket of yeah, which the top they, they have some twos but it's not like as regular as ours. So, so great they're, cricket they're is great sort of cricket. Like, I think the thing is here, like, here, oh, really, no matter what you do in club cricket, it's not going to make you play for your county. No. And it's not directly linked. Whereas, I think there, it's a complete linear, you know, you could feasibly start in your club fifth eleven and end up playing for New South Wales by doing well. Because um, that's the way it is. If you do well in grade cricket, sort of the respect it's got maybe, like, They'll be like, oh, this guy's clearly good because he's doing it in, in grade. It's obviously different here. Um, but yeah, so I went and played for a grade team and um, was out there for about five, six months, six months, I think. And yeah, um, yeah the time of my life. And how was that going into, because I'm not going to slag them off, but Australians, some are nice, some are. <laughs> how was that going into, I've put in enemy lines, but like they... From when I was there, they were all very welcoming. Yeah, they're great, yeah. Um, 
they were great and I was obviously 19 at the time so very young um, yeah very sort of naive to the world but yeah went, went across sort of um, joined in as much as I could I thought the best way to sort of do it is join in but yeah, like you've seen when we get overseas here like you, you want them to do you, well you, you welcome them in so of course you do you know have a bit of banter with them that, but um, fundamentally they're, they're really good people so it was it was really nice club to be a part of um, they did look after me well um, and yeah we just had a great and time and like talking about overseas over here like Cam that came over in 2018 was a Gordon player and yeah. that was his link and then we managed to bring him over to Wellington like so it's good having those sort of ties, like yeah, that's no, great because you know, obviously, you know, Cam did want to come over to England. Um, obviously, like yeah, I sort of put him in touch with Worthing, thinking it'd be a nice fit and whatever, and that's um, kind of what it's all about, really. Yeah, absolutely. We've had some great overseas over the years, and we've had people recommended from our ex overseas and stuff like that. So. Um, it's always a bit of a safer safer pick for an overseas if, if someone know, knows yeah. them yeah. but so then we touched on it a bit so I came out to Australia for uh, after Christmas for New Year's Eve and then sort of like I think I was there for about 12 days with you um, I've mentioned it as the lads holiday of me coming out for New Year because yeah. for you it was a bit of a lads holiday because they, they have no game from sort of like the week before Christmas to about the week after New Year. Yeah. So I was in yeah, that, yeah. so it was in that lull and you stay, stayed with Falky, yeah. who, bless him, great guy. Um, and I think after about day four of me being out there, I think he was getting a little bit worried how you were going to perform on the Saturday after because uh, it was just beers all the time, really. Yeah. Crown lagers everywhere. It, yeah, it was, but... See, that was great. I think, again, like, you know, just being sort of in Australia for, obviously, Christmas, New Year, and um, it was amazing. You obviously came out and stuff, and we just had so much fun. But there was nothing, to be fair to us, there was nothing else there to do. There was nothing else to do. We, well, it, we might as well, yeah. Because we, we, you had the cast, we went to a few beaches, we met up with, like, Alice and Chloe, like, went on a night out with them, and that's a funny night, we'll come to that in a minute, but the, um, like, the first night out, really, was New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I arrived, you picked me up from the airport, Ollie Potts, who we've mentioned earlier, his flight got cancelled, so he ended up staying an extra night. And uh, we spent the whole night YouTubing videos on how to take bottle tops off of water bottles, because we thought, yeah. right, we'll smuggle a whole bottle of Bacardi in yeah. to New Year's Eve. So Which we, we did. We managed it. We yeah. did manage well, it. Like, so we got it off. You, so had, you had a bit of a blip in the queue where you... Well, my point was, <laughs> we'd, gone to New, we'd gone to Sydney for New Year's Eve. We were going to Macquarie's Point, watched the, watch the um, fireworks, and I had a full bottle of rum in my bag, and we'd queued for probably, what, an hour and a half to get in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the heat. And, I, and we got yeah. to the front of the queue and I just looked and there's like a pile of like discarded bottles of alcohol they found. And I was like, I can't not get in. I can't not get in. Yeah. And I just panicked. And I said to Mason, just touching there, I said to him, I think we should just down this bottle of rum. Yeah. And Mason looked at his watch and Sam, it's 11am. If we down that bottle of rum, we're not seeing... Um, <laughs> We're not seeing these Eve. You've got, you've got to just uh, back it, mate. So gone through, opened the bag up, 
they've had a look in and they, I luckily picked the one person that literally just looked in the bag and went, yeah, you're fine, go through it. Yeah. And then I just sort of shrugged my shoulders and went, what are you yeah. worried about? Well, they smelt my sun cream. Yeah, they did. And that's when I was like, oh, we've got away one there because obviously... They smelt your sun cream, but the person that kept me did yeah. nothing. No, so, I mean, that was amazing because, like I said, we, you queue up for... Because a good length of queue. It's a queue. long queue. But then obviously, like, that's when the waiting begins because it's 11 a.m., Fireworks have to go off at twelve, so and you've got twelve, thirteen. Hours we had like a backpack of beers, didn't we? So we, we had went a few beers. Backpack of beers. They sold some beers, yeah, and then we were like, and, and they we ran out, you know, which they always we, we bit of like local knowledge. Someone said, "Oh, like they will run out," so we drank their beers until and they were gone, and then we're like, well, luckily, we're we were getting like slushies and cokes, and yeah. people were like, "Oh, they're just going on soft drinks." Yeah, like, no, uh, bit of a coke, yeah, and um, just one of the great days, mate. Like, one of my absolute favourite days. To, to be able to say, I've done Sydney for New Year's Eve, like yeah. that's a massive tip for me, massive. Yeah, it's um, a, oh, it is amazing. I think it's probably worth saying to anyone if you if you do fancy it. Yeah, it's probably the place to go. And, and the thing is, it's not a you know, you can do it all different ways. People go on boats and people go... But Macquarie's point, we just took backpacks, we just sat and we chilled, played some cards and then we were... Like, it was just a chilled New Year's Eve, really, yeah. but we did get quite pissed. Really quite pissed. Yeah. Um, what way? What done it? Yeah. And then, so talking about, we went for a couple of beers, so there were a couple of girls from Worthing that we thought we'd meet up with that we knew, Alice and Chloe, and we were like, oh, we'll go for a couple of beers with them. And we were going to the test match the next day. And Fulky, who just mentioned, who Mace was staying with, was um, was our lift to the cricket. And because he was a member, and he was he was old school Fulky. Yeah, yeah, old yeah. School. And he was like, I'll be leaving at about half seven in the morning. So we were like, right, well, we'll get the train into town, but we're into the city, but we won't won't go mad because we got the test match tomorrow. We got absolutely battered, didn't we? Again, yeah. <laughs> but it would be rude not to. Yeah, yeah exactly. We were out with people that we knew from Worthing. and we were like, yeah. you know what, let's just get out to you. And it was like, right, we've got to get up in the morning. And I remember being at the, the cricket ground, we were just we were about two seats down from Matt Renshaw. This is just a claim. Matt Renshaw's parent, wasn't it? Yeah, first hundred. first hundred, yeah, yeah. And we were in the bar and we were like, oh, probably have a beer. And it was like, right, we'll have two pies. Auss- Aussies love pies. We were like, we'll have two pies each, trying to sort ourselves out. But then we just, we went to that and then just bloody, and that was the thing, why we said it was the last holiday, because we just cracked on again. Yeah, and it's one yeah, of the, the first, the first beer in that scenario is going to be tough, but yeah. after that, you're just back in. You just crack on. Um, but yeah, it, we're in the sort of members bit, weren't we? So it was all, obviously done really nicely. No trouble getting a beer. So you didn't no. have to for any, anything like that. And, um, they got a really good like outdoor bit out the back of the SCG because there's tennis courts wasn't there there's tennis yeah. courts we were sat um, yeah and they've got like sort of different tents going up so yeah that's just a great day out really I really enjoyed it and then when we went back for the uh, big bash we weren't allowed in the members because I had ripped jeans on so that yeah. was interesting but you know as we mentioned as well Falky again was a bit like worried after about four days of us still on the beers thinking right our English overseas has brought his mate out and they're just on the beers constantly. What's he going to perform like? Well, you proved more wrong and went and got a five for and then got a 50. Yeah, yeah. Like in your game after the, the lad's holiday. 
in inverted commas. So yeah, no, was I think that pretty lucky I did actually because <laughs> they were a bit. Um, that's the thing I do. I do obviously love it, and um, they're very professional. Um, they're with their great cricket, but I remember I had a beer. Might have been night before, just one beer with dinner maybe. Right at the start, and Ronnie Fulky's like, "Are you sure? Are you sure you get me out?" I was like, "I think I'm a bit of trouble, funny." Um, but he's like, "Okay, right, whatever." Once Obviously, you once you start doing well, you play there for a while, they know you a bit better. Uh, it's, it's all seems to be alright, but yeah, it was kind of lucky I did well there. If I hadn't, then you know, fingers may have been pointed, but um, yeah, it all turned out alright, didn't it? But then from there, you ended up, as we mentioned, like you know, perform well in great cricket, and you end up playing Sheffield Shield. You went one further, really. You were sort of like the first man in about 30 years to be an overseas playing Sheffield Shield. Mm-hmm. Because there's not many teams, they want the best from Australia. You ended, like, they don't normally have overseas players, but for whatever reason, you, you yeah. proved yourself and managed to be one of the first players to play Sheffield Shield and overseas for 30 years. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those, the stars sort of aligned. Um, they needed a spinner because they lost, I think, Nathan Lyon and maybe O'Keefe to... I think Steve O'Keefe was on... Was, yeah, I think they were playing in India or something for, for Australia. So they needed a spinner. Um, I was going really, really well at the time for, for Gordon. I was, I was doing quite well. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, I bowled them a fair amount throughout the sort of winter or summer. Um, just sort of net bowling and just sort of... And that was with Australian Stu McGill. Yeah, that will feed in in a minute because he then became the England coach. Yeah, but, um, but so that was great. Um, and yeah, just next thing you know, I was sort of playing, and um, that was just sort of an amazing experience because it was so different to anything I'm used to. It was just you know um, different world. It was like it was Pat Cummins' big return game after basically four years without playing. Um, but yeah, like you know, as it is a beer podcast, you were saying like that was a hell of a night as well. Really? Like, yeah, we obviously won that game. Um, and that was just amazing. I, I can't remember what... I was trying to think on the way here what that beer was called, but they were sponsored by some sort of... They were sponsored by the Drink Aware, because you got me... Yeah. But, when but, we went to the T20, again, like, ridiculous story, I had a long sleeve Farrah t-shirt, and you like... You went into my room, picked up the shirt, and went, yeah, that's nice, I'll wear that tonight. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and then you wore it and went, I like this. I'm going to keep it. I went, okay. Yeah. I went, that's fine, you can keep it, but I need a New South Wales shirt for my wall because me yeah. and Harry were going to get the flat. And, um, yeah, it, their, their sponsor was basically like drink aware, like no yeah, one to no, declare. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, no plan B. Uh, yeah. Plan uh, B's, what's your plan yeah, B? Yeah, what's your plan B? Yeah. But they were, they were given these, well, I don't know if they're sponsored, but they are given these beers. I don't know what they were. They are a bit sort of left field. I can't remember what they were, but they were pretty good. And long story short, they were just crates from everywhere. And um, it was the last game of the season at the SCG. So normally the SCG is like quite, um, they'd be quite sort of particular with it. So, um, you know, so New South Wales don't always play there. They don't always train there. When they do, there's, are they allowed to go on the outfield? Are they allowed? Because um, it was the last game of the season, it was kind of do what you want. So we filled up two or three SKs. Obviously, loads of beers, loads of ice. We just sort of sat on the outfield for well, a good few hours, really, um, before yeah, getting changed and heading into town. And um, again, because they play even they play way less cricket than we do, uh, so they have loads of time between games. So you know, a whole week between games. Again, you, know, you can work out how that how, yeah, how that goes. Um, 
But yeah, that was amazing. They're a really, really sort of great bunch. Like you were saying earlier about Australians in general, I think that they're all the yeah, I think they're they they bad, right? They're all right. They do, they? but, you know, it's the same as here. We give each other stick, but that's kind of why we love each other. And, um, you know, they're an amazing group. Again, welcome me in. I was really, really young. Um, and, yeah, just an overall amazing experience. Good. Right, well, from there, so that was 2018, you then broke into the England 2020 side. Mm. Victoria and I came to watch it this year's. Um, first wicket was AB de Villiers. That's add that to Cooper Sankara and you've got a bit of a bit of a theme going on here. Yeah. Um, what again, how did you find out about getting your England call up? Um I just yeah, I just got a phone call from the selector, he said we've um um yeah, he said something like that we'd like to invite you to be part of the T twenty squad for the series against Africa. Um, and again, it was just like, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. yeah. At that stage, again, what Pirate really knows, I'd only played, I think, four T20s. So, England Day was maybe my fifth game. Wow. T20 cricket or something like that. Um, you know, because I'd not really played a lot. So, you'd play, because we haven't really touched on it, but, you know, it's what it is, sort of thing. Like, um, you had your, you played for the under-19s, and the under-19s always quite a good telling sign, because you always get two or three from every under 19 to go through mm. and I suppose from your age group you Sam Curran well, and quite a lot now you've yeah. had quite a few yeah Mahmood Dan Lawrence yeah um, so Garden's played a bit um, yeah, I mean guys who yeah, obviously Don Best Matt Parkinson they're all the same age as well yeah um, so yeah we've had quite a few um, so you were always kind of on the England radar yeah I think so and I, I, I think yeah, obviously in that series it was more of a we'll have a look at this guy. Yeah. I think he's good. So um, that was amazing to be a part of, and yeah, it was it was pretty cool, really. Um, yeah, like I said, yeah, one minute you you know worrying about how much you've had a drink before a, a game of grey <laughs> cricket, and the next minute you know you're playing for your country, so. playing for your country at your home ground as well. Yeah, the yeah, was pretty yeah. nice. I think it calms you down a bit, really, because there's so much going on, and it's. Familiar, familiar surroundings. Yeah, you just know what you, you, you know what you go out. You know what you've got to do, as opposed to it being at a different ground against mm-hmm. a different opposition for a different team. It's something's familiar, which is quite something nice. Is, yeah. yeah, that you used to. And how was it going from a county changing room to an international changing room? Well, it's not dissimilar really because it's kind of they've all gone through county cricket. They've all so they they understand. Yeah, it's not really dissimilar. I think. Um, Again, a really sort of nice bunch of guys, and um, I suppose like something I've mentioned on my sheet, like um, with the AGS being an international ground, the amount of times you said to me, like over the years when I've been like, oh, do you want to go for a beer or something? Like, oh, well, yeah, because England are in town, we've been kicked out. Like when it comes to England playing an international ground, you lot literally get turfed out for like a week. Yeah, so you've got to pack your kit and move basically. Yeah. Down. Which is kind of annoying because it's kind of that's your office, um, so everything's there. You know, everything, everything. You have your locker that you're just like in your spot, and it's just yeah, that's what you've got to get rid of it all. And um, uh, but so yeah, it's quite nice obviously when you don't, you don't have to bother; it's just leave it there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a really, it's just a nice environment, and um, you know, it's all pretty similar. And you you will know enough people. It's quite weird, really. Like any sort of England England lines, you just will know enough people, and if you don't. Like I said, they're all in the same boat. Quite welcoming. Yeah, they're all welcoming and they're all in the same boat anyway. You get to 
you get to know people and you have dinner and whatever. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good, mate. Very good. Glad mate. to hear it. And then, so from there, you're, you then got the Ashes call up. Yeah. Um, I benefited out of that because you got a uh, free code of the Ashes cricket game that I was able to download for free. <laughs> so I, I did very well out of that. Um, but from a point, like, was the Ashes series what you expected or was it like 10 times like, one. Um, it was, yeah, I was a bit like that because it was so, um, never quite been so sure I was the away team before. Like, everything you did was Australia, Australia, Australia. It wasn't like the Ashes going on. It's like Australia winning Australia. Yeah. Um, like, you, from a point, you're under the microscope as well. Yeah. Like I think anything, I, you, if, you, if you boys kick a ball and it breaks a fence panel, that's front page news. England... Yeah, and it, it just becomes a bit hot, and it's just a different world, really. Like Australia is quite, um, it's quite like Americanized in the way it sort of does its, um, not press and that maybe, but they're sort of just their culture. So like, remember this time round, Joe Root went out for like a coffee with his wife, and it's all over Daily Mail. There's fifty pictures of those two crossing the street. You're like, who cares, really? Well, one of the things I remember you saying to me about cricket in Australia way before the Ashes was that like cricketers in England they're sports people I like you know I said to you I bumped, in, bumped into Tom Banton in a pub and he's a sportsman and for most like for some people they wouldn't have a clue he is. Yeah. whereas for me I'm a cricket fan I'm like I'm wearing a London spirit hat at the time thinking this is embarrassing chat with him in Australia they are the rock stars yeah, they are the footballers. They are the footballers. Yeah. They are, everyone knows who the cricketers are. Yeah, and they're treated like it, and they, because I guess they act like it, and um, yeah, so stuff like that, you know, that is a bit foreign to us, but yeah, that's kind of what they expect from it, and um, yeah, it was just very sort of, um, I don't feel the partisan's the right word, really, it was very much like everything about Australia, and it would be. Um, you lot were there just to make up the numbers. It was all they were here. They were, we were there for, so they could beat us, really. And, um, remember, there was one hotel in Perth where every day, obviously, you get like out of a lift and they often have like a little table with newspapers on or something, and they would always be turned to the sports page. And it would be like Australia win again or really? England are in trouble. So, like, and, you know, there was a lot of like just little stuff like that where you just be, Try mind be reminded you're the yeah. away team, even by people who have nothing to do with. With them, and um, I think you know, it's things like so obviously in us in so normally right. So day before a game, I mean this is a good example of like what it's what it's like. The day before a game, you um, so there's two days before the game, like two training days, and one team obviously trains in the morning, one team trains in the afternoon, and it's always swapped around for the second day. But the home team obviously choose which what day they want to do. So they normally go, I want to be in the afternoon of the first day, in the morning day before the game, so you get the afternoon off. Um, but in Australia, they against it only as England. I heard. I don't know if this is true or not, but it's certainly true in that series. They only trained in mornings. Like we'd always be out there cooking in the afternoon, like absolutely baking. Really? And it's just little. It, it's little things that they all add up to. It's just another annoyance. Something else is yeah. not right. And, um, yeah, you're just very you. You're absolutely aware that you're the away team and no one likes. I think it's Stuart Broad. There was a story where he was out for dinner or something. And like the way to put his food down was like, I hope you, I hope you fucking lose. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. sort of comment, and <laughs> like if you people recognise in the street, like they will, they won't be like, well, it's 
should have brought it. They were shouting. Um, they just will. And uh, yeah, so, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of that. And walking around the boundaries, hostile in Australia. Yeah. Um, just because they, they just don't, they're not shy. They just don't yeah. have it. You know, it's not like your gear you get. It's like they'll all think this is their moment and they'll have a go. And um, that's just what it's like, really. But um, I kind of think that the sooner you. Um, as an England team, I think the sooner you should just get over that, the better, because well, it's like you that. do get used to it, but it, I think most people, when they go on the first time, they'll be a bit like, oh my God, you know, the first game or two, by then you're already behind. That Ashes winning side of 2010-11, like, the, the Edge is such a good documentary, and anyone listening to this that has not watched The Edge, I think it's on BBC iPlayer Amazon, like, go and find it, because England, they just went out there and went, we're taking over. Like, yeah, and I think that's what you've got to do. I think I think you've got to um, with you know, you've got to go back at them because ultimately they're expected to win. And as much as they are for Australia, they um, they're going to be on the, You know, if they're not winning, they're going to be on their backs. So yeah, I think it's pretty key you get ahead. And then, so as you mentioned, like turning the papers over and stuff as well. It's like when the Aussies are here, if anything goes on, nothing happens. When you guys are in Australia, when England are in Australia. You know, Bearstow jokingly headbutts Cam Bancroft. That's front page news. Like, yeah. and they they will do anything to try and get that edge. And yeah. and in the end, that sort of had a negative effect on you guys because the, the ECB basically kind of had to say like, you guys can't really go out at the moment because they're trying to find you. Well, they had to bring the curfew. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it was obviously off on the back of the whole Stokes thing. Um, yeah, because well. that was like two months before. Because you didn't before. go, did it? No, so that was just before. So we're dealing with that and they've got obviously that that thing came out and before you know it, it's like 12 o'clock curfew. Or yeah. Sorry, like, you know, you're just going to have to be back and... Um, no, not that every night's going no. out or anything, but it's just like, oh, shit. Like, but know. from the same point, what we've mentioned in the pod earlier, it's like having that, right, one night this week, we're all going out as a team, we're going to have a late night. You know, we've seen it this summer with like, yeah. all the uh, after the Trent Bridge sets, all the England players in the kebab shop together and stuff like that. A team night out, builds morale it builds togetherness yeah and when you are having to be on a curfew because the newspaper because what's happened with Stokes and because the newspapers are trying to find anything you slip up that's going to stop you being such a unit yeah and it's just the way that because you're England in Australia everyone being in a kebab house at 3 o'clock in the morning isn't like oh look at these boys having a good time it's oh my god they're unbelievably unprofessional yeah they can't be doing this you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's the way it's seen there so um, yeah, any of that sort of stuff, it gets put to a halt. And it, it's not like it makes a massive difference, really. I mean, you never go out for dinner and miss 12 o'clock, no. but um, it's just, like I said, that one night, that one, one little release when you've got a week off or something, and you, and you just can't afford to do it. And it just causes a bit of a strain. Plus, I guess, you know, you're already aware that you've got to be on your best behaviour because there's a lot of stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I, that, that's just another thing. If that happens in England, it probably never yeah. gets spoken about. So then, you make your test debut out there. Mm. How was that? Like, unbelievable? It was, Everything yeah. you expected it to be? Yeah, it was hot. It was, like, over 50 degrees. Um, like, some of the hottest, I think, cricket's probably been played in, in Australia. And it, um, yeah, it was amazing. Like, it's literally what you dream about. Um, I know from you, like, from growing up, whatever, that, you know, for some people, test cricket's non-plus, give or take, but for you, it was always... 
latest cricket. Yeah, and I think it's um, it was amazing. Obviously, um, I was obviously incredibly young at the time. I look back now, I can't believe how young I was. Really, um, yeah, you know, like twenties now. Age is it? Uh, but it was just great. And mum and dad came out, uh, which was like Christmas with you, didn't they? Yeah, they, they, yeah. So that was amazing to have them there. Um, obviously, it's a shame. I would have loved to have done a bit better and won and all that sort of stuff, but. Um, yeah, just an unbelievable experience. It's one of those, you, you can't take that away, no, no matter what happens, really. You can't, um, yeah, you can't take that away. If, if I never play again, that's it, yeah, that's whatever, but my name's still up there. Yeah, cap, you've so. got a test number, you've got a test cap. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I want to add to it, but it's not, you know, um, yeah, it's not. No, as the end of the day, you've yeah, you've done that. If you can add to it, fantastic. And what you got to remember, like Graham Swan didn't have had a number of years between his and yeah. I always, when people ask me about cricket with England Test match, I feel like spinners. It's more of a you're the next cab off the rank. So yeah, it's an interesting role because there's generally one of you. Yeah, and it's a weird. It's a bit like wicket keeping. Like no one else really knows what. No, like how or why um, so people know there's a good spinner or they're not they don't really know how they're what they're going through really, what they're feeling yeah. like um, same as you know it's exactly the same as like wicket keepers really like you see wicket keepers all the time they drop a catch all the pundits are like oh I should have moved his feet and you're like well you're should he keeper. I don't know like no one no one knows no one knows in that feet. situation yeah you have to ask a keeper and there aren't any here it's like you know should he have done I don't know maybe he just dropped it. that's fine as well yeah. um so yeah, it's a bit of a sort of unique role in that sense, but um, yeah, like I say, like playing for England, it doesn't really get any better. Mate, incredible. I salute you for it. So, very well timed for the pod. So you've just signed for the Sunrisers in the South African T20. So that's sort of beginning of next year. Is that sort of like your, your winter plans? Yeah, so it, it's always a weird one this time. You're definitely always asking like, Oh, what are you doing in the winter? Where are you going? And you're it's a bit like, I don't know yet. Um, so you wait for like drafts and auctions like that. And um, yeah, obviously, amazing has got to be bought by a team. Um, and it's something to look forward to, something yeah. to do. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Really Quite good as well with it being sunrises, maybe a bit of a link with IPL later on at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I think that's the way the game's going. I think um, the IPL teams, obviously, they want to buy a team in every league. So. Um, It'd yeah. be interesting don't, to see. Don't if be they... surprised if if the same team rocks out in the CPL and the IPL and stuff like that is hundred in, in. Yeah, they might treat the like future. This, they might, might treat this. Yeah, they might treat a couple of these tournaments as like a bit of like a, a feeder team or anything like yeah. that. So um, yeah, good thing to be involved in. But obviously, you still got to turn up and bowl well. So. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Good mate. Well, I've very much enjoyed our cricket chat. This is uh, one of the longer pods, but I I've got, no, don't apologise because realistically, we've got so much to talk about. So we've been, <laughs> like literally, we'll have to just have a night out pod at some point because we've not even really touched on the nights out. But so just going to go through the Q and A quick. So can only go to one pub for the rest of your life. Where are you going and why? Like um, what? So if you move. When you go and play in South Africa, you can take that pub with you and put it around the corner from you. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think it's a toss-up for me. Um, so there's the Jolly Sailor, which is near where I live. Yeah. Which is just, I just really like it because it's just completely like secluded. You wouldn't really find it. And it's right on the water's edge. Um, people paddleboard up to it and whatnot. So that's a really good one. Like, I could happily sit there all day and... 
and um, yeah, sink a few beers and whatnot. And then I think for me, the other one would be George and Dragon. <laughs> That's mine. Just Russ Because Christmas Eve. Yeah. So I obviously heard uh, Russ's uh, yeah. one as well, but Christmas Eve for me, I'm always in there on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And uh, it's obviously, it's close. It's close to mum and dad. So um, I think that probably have to take it to be oh, honest just mate the G&D the G&D has got to be the official pub of the podcast I think it might have to be yeah yeah um, so biggest night out you can remember any any big ones that stick in the mind um, yeah, yeah a bit few um, biggest night out it's tough to just say like once yeah it's hard when you say biggest night out it's like you know Bad nights out, yeah. You're, you're getting home at nine o'clock in the morning, or there's ones we've you know start all day and like, or the biggest place we've been to, but um, yeah, I've had I've had some big ones, but I think <laughs> in London, especially, like it's tough not to in London. You can, yeah, I find it you're very right. tough yeah. to just go for a couple, yeah, just because the world is quite literally your oyster when you're there. <laughs> so, dream bar crawl, three people dead or alive. And then where's the bar crawl going to be? Right. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have David Beckham. Yeah, Beck. Um, I'm gonna have Shane Warne. I thought you'd say that. And it's a tough one, a third one, but I you'd need like. So I feel like Bex would be like pretty like mellow throughout yeah. the night, pretty chill. Obviously, Warnie would be like he'd be very. Warnie would be trying to get you down in shots and stuff. Yeah, but he'd like he'd, yeah, obviously a million stories and like he'd, he'd sort of be the life and soul of it. Um, so I don't know who else I'd want to add really. I think I think just because how cool he is, I think I'd add Thierry Henry. That would be. Do you know? And where would you go on your bar crawl? God. That's got London wine bar. Yeah, something like that. Like that's got Chelsea all over it, I think. Yeah, something like I think yeah. just to have sophisticated Bex and Tierra and Reed red wine. Yeah. Shane Warne's sinking Yagons or women under each arm. Bex is wearing a cool. flat cap. Just yeah, like, I think that would be with a with a little whiskey. That'd be as good as it gets. Yeah, nice. And then um, can only put like so end of the night. Yeah. Landlords called last orders. You got to play the last song of the night. What are you playing? Um, I'm gonna play Elton John, Tiny Dancer. <laughs> Solid. Uh, yeah, that's my karaoke song. So. Oh, is it? Yeah, that'd be me singing my way out. Yeah, nice. Solid. And then quick fire. So bottles or cans? Bottles. Bottles. That's quite a cricketer thing. Bottles, isn't it? Isn't I can't. It? I don't understand cans at all. I, yeah. and if someone like give me a can, I can just taste the metal. Yeah. Um, when you drink it from, if you pour it out, it's all right. right. But bottles, yeah, bottles. So bottle, a bottle is a bit like I love a Heineken in a bottle. Yeah, like yeah. just. Well, you were saying so earlier, Madri, you've got to the Madri, yeah, Madri in a bottle. Pub or club? Pub. pub. Used to be club, but now it's pub. I think that's just called getting older. A type of alcohol? Um, well, it's, it'd be lager. If you get like, yeah, if you do have one, but. I have a rum drinker once a night. Gets spice going. rum spice or rum. one? Yeah, once a night gets going. Every spice rum, nice. And then, have you got a favourite TV pub? This has been catching people out at the moment. I don't actually know. I'm not really. I don't really know what I've 
Well, actually, no, a lie. It have to, well, there's only one I can think of, and that's um, is it the garrison in Peaky Blinders? Yeah, the garrison. Yeah, so take I'm, that. I'm going to say get that. your flat cap head yeah. head to Birmingham. So then, last week's would you rather? Because we had the boys on it. Was would you rather move to Barbados or Melbourne? You've played cricket in yeah. both. Where would you move to for like to live? Like you're emigrating. Are you going to Barbados for an island life, or are you going to Australia? Melbourne. Nice. Um, because see, Barbados is heaven on earth. But where do you go from there? Well, this thing is like so, Melbourne's like the UK. You can go watch football. You can. Whereas yeah. Barbados is if you want a quiet island life. Yeah, but you can't, like, where do you get away from? No. You, either, you can't, you know, go to another island, there's no point, it's not as good. So you'd have to go, like, somewhere busier, which if you want to hold it, maybe not as good. So, I, yeah, that's why I go to Melbourne. Actually, as well, everything's there. Wherever you want, you can go to the beach. You've still got, like, the whole city and stuff, so I'm going to say Melbourne. You've thought that through, I like Yeah, that. I did give it you, a bit. You've yeah. thought that through. And the thing is, as well, like, it's interesting. Barbados won on Twitter, but Melbourne won on Instagram. But everyone I spoke to said Melbourne. But yeah. then I think because they're thinking about it rather than people on Twitter just clicking it. Yeah, Barbados, like, if you ask me to go for one week, yeah, Barbados every yeah. time, but to live there, I think you have to Melbourne. And then, final question what, what, I need a would you rather for the listeners. For yeah, um, so more, I thought about this. I thought, would you rather be invisible or be able to fly? Okay, that is solid. I think. Mine, because basically, you know me, I'm very shy and retiring. Um, <laughs> basically, no, I'm not shy and retiring, that's why I started the podcast. Um, I think mine would be fly, because being in, I don't feel the need to be invisible, because I've some yeah. people want to fall into the background, go out, whereas I do want to be like, hi, I'm Sam, hi, yeah, I'm yeah. the media. No, so, I don't, yeah. uh, so I'd go fly, I think. You? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. I thought I'd be invisible, but I'm petrified of heights. So that's why fly is a bit out of the question. Fly does but, you in. But being in traffic today, I was like, imagine just being out to the Scooting sky. over it, yeah, that'd be fine. So I'm, it's probably fly, but invisible would be pretty Fly, fun. but you'd have to, like, backstroke so you can't see where you are. Yeah, but being invisible, you just go where you want. I mean, you yeah, just, you just do oh, it. Oh, you yeah. want to go watch Arsenal at the Emirates? Yeah, no worries. Just so go stand there. Him. Just, just walk in there. Yeah, yeah, just, that'd be pretty cool. Ideal. Well, that's very good, would you rather. We'll go get some dinner now. Mason, thank you so much for being on the Tap Tour. Thank you for having Absolutely love it. Thanks, that's mate. great noise. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed it, tell your mates to hashtag turn the tap on. Uh, that's nice. It. That's <laughs> good, that, nice. isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, and we'll just keep running through the podcast. And I, you are my oxygen, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs>